What have you got there, mate? Just a glass of wine. All right. How is it? It's all right, I guess. I mean, obviously, it's not really delicious, like a pint from Beer 52. Well, it's a good job that this episode of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is sponsored by Beer 52, the world's number one beer club. With Beer 52, you'll receive a case of beer every month featuring craft beers from all over the world, including Belgium, California, New Zealand and more. As well as getting eight free beers, you'll also receive the award-winning magazine Ferment, as well as a couple of different snacks. Perfect for a night in, or an innocent picnic in the park. For the last time, it was a picnic. You couldn't see the snacks. We had two different types of snacks. Best of all, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time, so you don't need to worry about the ombudsman coming to get you if you want to take a break from your membership. So seriously, what are you waiting for? If you want to get started with a free case of beer, head to beer52.com forward slash peep to access your first case for free. Eight beers, Beer 52. Eight. That's insane. All you need to do is pay the £5.95 for postage. And don't worry if you're not a fan of dark beers, there is a light option available. So that's beer52.com forward slash peep to get your first Beer 52 case for free. Poor me. Poor me. Pour me another glass from Beer 52. Cheers. Cheers. Hello and welcome to Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, a podcast all about discussing and reviewing the British sitcom Peep Show. My name's Tom Harrison and I'm joined, as always, by Rob Graham. Hello! And uh, we've got another special whilst we continue to be in lockdown this week. Um, So we are also joined by the lovely Liam Noble, who is also known as Big Mad Andy and is also um, a significant partner of uh, the social media group, um, brand, uh, events, company, um, they've got an awful lot going on, uh, Dobby Club, so um, we're going to chat all things Peep Show with Liam, um, get into Big Mad Andy, um, as well as his involvement with uh, with Dobby Club as well, so lots of really cool stuff um, coming up, we had a, a nice, uh, it was about an hour wasn't it we had with him, um, really good fun to, to talk to, to Liam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's something we've had in the pipeline for for a long time. And we spoke to Liam after we finished recording, just said we were wanted to wait until his episode sort of came up. And then we looked and we realised he wasn't in again until episode eight, uh, series eight, sorry. Um, and we just thought, no, we're not waiting that long. Let's uh, <laughs> let's crack right on with it. And he was absolute, absolute gent to talk to. Um, we've obviously met him before. We met him at the Dobby Club quizzes. Um, but yeah, absolute, absolute pleasure to talk to. Yeah, cool. All right, well, without further ado then, let's get into it. Well, thank you very much for, for joining us, Liam, and taking the time out of uh, I'm, what I'm guessing is probably a, a less busy schedule right now. <laughs> How's isolation treating you? It's not been bad, actually. I mean, to, to be fair, we've, we've had great weather, so I've just been sort of doing stuff in my garden. All, all of my work, uh, both sort of peep show related and the other stuff I do, finished about a month ago. Because uh, I work in um, a community theatre in East London, and uh, uh, theatres were one of the first places to close down, theatres and pubs. So all of my kind of work disappeared about a month ago. But so far we're okay. We haven't had any fights in the house. It's all been quite, quite peaceful. I'm just bored, if I'm honest. That's it. Yeah, I think now we're in week. Was it week four or so? 
I think, yeah, a lot of people that I've spoken to, the, it's the boredom is starting to really settle in now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to sort of have routines and, you know, like, so I take the dog for a walk in the morning and, you know, that's an hour or so. And then I try and do, I'm trying to sort of keep busy. I've been sort of recording some stuff for the community theatre that I do. Um, so I'm trying to keep busy, but it's, you know, I mean, all your work is kind of in the ent- entertainment industry and that was the first thing to shut down. You, you, you're kind of banjacks from the start, really. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a tough one. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, we are going to talk all things uh, Peep Show related, but um, we had the guys from Dobby Club on um, our last episode, and of course, you, Liam, work with them quite closely and do uh, help them out with their, their events and running their um, quizzes and things, so we're going to definitely talk about that as well. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's talk all things Peep Show and Big Mad Andy first. Um, so... I. I suppose let's just open with, um, like, how did you get involved, like, you know, with the auditioning and things like that? What, what was that like? Yeah, so that was it's a long time ago now, but um, I, I got a call from my agent that I had an audition for Peep Show, and I was very excited because I was, I, I was watching Peep This is Series 3, so I've been watching pretty much from the beginning, and I was a bit of a fan. Not a fan in the way that the guys that come to the quizzes are fans, because they're um, you know, and you and you guys as well. I think your knowledge, even you know, even now, is, is, is greater than mine, really. But I was a fan of the show and was watching it, so I was quite excited. Um, and went along for an audition. And in my memory, I, I think Robert Popper was there, who was one of the producers earlier on. Um, and I met with him. And the way it works, I was thinking about this earlier on. So just just to sort of let people know how it works. What happens, you get a, a call from your agent, you've got an audition at a particular place and time. This was at the Riverside Studios in Hammersmith. And they send you a kind of character breakdown. And if you're lucky, you get sent a bit of the script or sides, we call it sides in the industry, which you then have to learn so that you can go along and they, and they film you. <clears throat> so I went along um, and sat in an enormous room and three people at a table over there and I sat on a stool and ran these lines and it seemed to go okay and they, they laughed at some of my daft jokes and stuff um, and then I didn't hear anything for about a week and then I got a call saying oh they want to see you again so I went back for a second audition and I think the next day I got a call saying they want to see you again so three times I, I actually wow. went to the part which is not that unusual but I think they were very um and I think I think they've been very good at it. The, the casting of, of Peep Show has, has been absolutely spot on. I mean, all the all the the minor characters I think have really you know they've they've really sort of worked hard to get the right people in in place. So yeah, so uh, an audition and two recalls, and then went off to to film. And I was trying to think earlier on where we filmed episode three or series three. Certainly the later ones we filmed over at. Um, at Boreham Wood over at L Street, but I can't actually remember where we filmed the first ep, which was completely studio-based, whereas with um, the later eps, we did some location stuff as well. So it was just basically an audition amongst many, but it's kind of one of those uh, jobs that I did years and years ago, and I'm still kind of um, reaping the benefits and in, in, in enjoying myself on the back of it, even, you know, even now, so... Uh, yeah, that's really cool. One thing that always I'm curious about um, parts that so obviously Big Mad Andy is quite an out there name for a character, and I'm curious whether like was that 
was the name Big Mad Andy part of, you know, the character that was sold to you? Like, did you know you were auditioning for a person called, you know, <laughs> Mad Andy? Yeah, yeah. And... no, in the, in the script it just says Andy, but uh, there is a description of him. You get a character breakdown and it kind of explains that, you know, he's slightly psychotic and, um, you know, so I, I kind of went in, eyes open and knew that, you know, this wasn't just an ordinary uh, painter and decorator and, and of course you know the action of the scene you know keeping the door and everything uh, is, is a clue to that as well but um, I don't think he's called Big Mad Andy on screen until the second time I turn up all those years later I think at the time he's just known as Andy but I can't remember I'm sure somebody will correct me if, if that is incorrect I'm sure somebody will say no 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 I think they'll find from the very beginning <laughs> that's cool i suppose then like you say in the audition you know you you sort of cracking jokes and making the producers laugh and things like i suppose that gives you quite a lot of freedom you know of how you can act when you know that your character as you say in the notes had a you know the label psychotic or partially psychotic um so i suppose it's quite a lot of fun you can have yeah although you've got to be careful because what you've got to also do is kind of present yourself as somebody who's who's kind of going to be good to work with because you know you work quite intensely when you're filming something so you've got to kind of walk that fine line between showing them that you can play psychotic but at the same time you are not psychotic and very professional and uh, and can take direction as well because that's part of the audition process as well they'll, they'll say well can we try that again but this time can you try doing whatever it is blah 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 um and i always say that when you when you go for audition it's it's a bit like going on the worst date ever you know you you know you have a, you have a shower and you wash your hair and you, you get some nice clothes on and make sure you smell nice. And then you, you, you go to a, a room and you meet people you've never met before and try and try and impress them. And it's kind of, you know, it's like the worst blind date ever, you know, auditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously there's quite a long gap between your first and second appearance compared to like your second and third appearance, if you know what I mean. Did you always want to come back and play him again, or was it a bit of a surprise when they called you back in Series 8? Oh, my God, it was a complete surprise. I, had, In fact, at that stage, I had left the acting game, um, and I was working in a school um, with uh, kids with special needs um, as a sort of teaching assistant, special teaching assistant. And I came home from school one afternoon, and uh, my wife said, uh, you've got to find Channel 4. I said, well, what, what have I done? She said, no, no, you've got to find uh, this casting director, uh, Nadira Sikuma, God bless you for finding me, and uh, they'd written this character in, in the episode, actually, and it wasn't originally going to be Big Man Andy, it was just A.N. other um, slightly psychotic uh, builder that they'd got, and then as they were going through the kind of process, they said, actually, do you know what would be great? If we could get back the guy that we had last time. So they got in touch with my agent, and he said, oh, um, no, he's no longer with me, but he had my number. On, on record still so they tracked me down um at the primary school that i was working at effectively um and then i had a long phone conversation with nadira the casting director and then i think i had to go the next morning and say to my head teacher um could i have a few days off to go and film some television and uh, she just said yes of course you know she didn't even Pause for breath. She said, "Yeah, absolutely. What's the program?" Blah blah blah. So actually, the second time I did it, I didn't audition. It was literally, "Are you free? Can, are you free on these dates? Can you come in um, and do it?" So uh, 
yeah, so as I say, originally it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't going to be Andy, it was going to be another character, and then they just, through the process of, of making it, they said, oh, do you know what would be cool if we got that guy back again? And I'm eternally grateful that they did think that, actually, because, um, uh, yeah, they're be- the, it's a better episode, yeah, the app that's actually called Big Mad Andy is actually, I think, a better, you know, I'll get more to do, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's quite flattering there. Yeah, they they tracked you down and to to bring make sure that you came back. That's really cool. Headhunted. Yeah. <laughs> and flat and flattering that is he's the only character. I think he's the only character who has an episode title. Like he's the like none of the other even the mine like any other minor characters don't have an episode title, which is quite cool. I know, and I didn't find that out until we went to the screening. So what happens is when you do a, a TV series, you get invited to come and watch uh, a couple of episodes. And I, I got to this um, this wine bar somewhere over in, in West London, and the director, whose name escapes me, I can't remember her name for the life of me, I should have looked this up on IMDb, shouldn't I? So I looked really pro. Um, and she, I was chatting to her beforehand. She said, oh, by the way, we're showing your episode. That's the one we're going to watch tonight. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> I, hate, I hate watching myself. Um, and it was only when I watched it and it comes up uh, as the episode title as Big Mad Andy, because I don't think it was called, again, on the script, I don't think it was just episode eight or whatever it is, it didn't have a title. So, yeah, massively flattering, yeah, to have an eponymous title of episode, of, um, eponymous episode of Peep Show, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's something that, that really stood out to me when I was looking back, thinking about Big Mad Andy ahead of our chat, and it surprised me quite a lot that, it is those three episodes because in my head I had him down for quite a few more than that, which I think really does show you know the impression that the character makes on the audience. And I I, I remember as well when we did our um, Johnson bio that he's in I think less than a third of episodes, and it just shows you know he he's made such a big impact. And I think this it's the same with Big Mad Andy where he's become this sort of like cult favorite character. Like, what what do you make of that? Of like how you and your character are sort of like perceived as part of the show? Yeah, it's 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 kind of you know flattering but baffling to me really because in terms of screen time, I was I was hardly in the show. You know, it ran for nine nine series, and I was in two and a half episodes really. I barely crop up in 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 the third one really. But uh, I've been amazed because we've been touring the, the quizzes for a couple of years now. Um, and I, I remember I, I was listening to the one you did with Giles and, and Doug the other day. And uh, Giles was telling the story of how they, he got in touch with me to come and do a quiz. That was the initial inquiry. He contacted me and said, would you like to come to Manchester and do a quiz? Um, and you know, we'll pay you and put you up in a hotel and stuff. Uh, and I said, yeah, that sounds like a laugh. And then he had to get in touch the next day and say it's sold out in, what was it, 30 seconds. That's ridiculous. Could you do a second one? And I went, yeah, okay, thinking what the hell is going on here? And the response I get from, well, you've, you've been to you've been to one of them at least, haven't you? The yeah. Response from, yeah. The, from the audience is just, it's insane. And I remember uh, my wife and my younger son came to one we did in London after we'd been doing it for a little, for a little while. Um, and, and they were just astonished at the, at the kind of reaction I got, you know, when I come on stage that I got. And my older son was out in um, in Vietnam for a few months when we first started doing these, and he kind of missed all of this. And um, and after he'd been back for a couple of months, we were back at a venue in London, in Leytonstone, near where we live. 
and he I said, oh, you, you must come along. And as we came in the bar downstairs, he saw some friends. And I said, oh, I've got to go upstairs. He said, yeah, I'll, I'll get you a drink and bring, bring it up. And he came up and uh, as he walked the length of this room uh, at the Red Lion, uh, he sort of caught my, I was on stage, and he sort of caught my eye and, and, and mouthed, what the fuck, like that. Because he said, when you said a quiz, I thought you meant like 30 people. Uh, and it, <laughs> there were about 180 people in this room. Was yeah, hanging it's mad. Every word. And it's, no, I find it's, it's amazing. Uh, and I, I love it. I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it. I, I kind of forget that I get paid to do them. I don't get paid a lot to do them, by the way, but I do get paid to do them. But it's just um, the sort of peep show fans are just incredible. They're just amazing. When we did the one with Patterson that you came to Pride in, in, in London, he'd never done anything um, like that. He'd never done sort of public appearances and stuff like that. Uh, and I was chatting to him backstage beforehand, and he was very nervous. He, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this he was very nervous he kept saying i don't i don't really do this sort of thing i'm, I'm not sure I don't, you know because like, i'm not the character i'm the actor you know like that and i think within about a minute two minutes he was working the room like a pro you know yeah he loved it you know because the response you get from the fans is so warm and so fantastic that you can't help but kind of buy into the whole thing it's, you know, it's great i forgot what the question was now tom but <laughs> no no that, that, that was that was perfect i was just gonna like you say that reaction that the crowd was just were eating it up like when we were there the atmosphere was unreal we weren't quite sure what to expect that was the, the first one we'd been to um and it was quite surreal when we were queuing outside a venue like that in london and all these like-minded people the, the queue was was massive wasn't it rob we were like is this the right thing or are we queuing for the, the wrong like venue or something but no like it was packed and i think one of the like the enthusiasm in that room like uh, and i was you know we were exactly the same and i wasn't the only one i could hear other people saying it as well that we just wanted you to come up and just tell me to fuck off like <laughs> there was a real enthusiasm for that yeah i wish crazy. i had a nicer catchphrase frankly <laughs> people don't get tired of me telling him to fuck off i was just about to i was just about to ask that actually like obviously he's quite like a full-on character like it must be a strange feeling, like, to walk around the street. And some characters have, like, a catchphrase that's something polite or something. But, like, you, you've just got people coming back, like, fuck off, fuck right off. You're like, I can't do anything with that. I could be, You could be around with your kids. You could be around with anyone. Like, <laughs> Yeah, luckily my kids are in their 20s. So, you know, that's fine now. But, um, yeah, no, it's fine. I think the weirdest one I ever had was I was in Aldi, because I'm classy like that, doing some shopping. I was at the till. And if you've ever been to an Aldi, you know what a focused operation that is. You've really got to concentrate on what you're doing at the Aldi checkout. And a woman strode up to me and said, you've ruined my shopping experience. And in my head, I thought, calm down, love. You're in Aldi. It's not Harrods. You know, calm down. I said, sorry. She said, my, every time I've turned around and got something in our trolley, my husband has disappeared because he's been following you around the shop because he thinks you're in something called the peep show. Oh, wow. And I went, you yeah, know, I was. I said, what? Well, what, is that him over there, the, the embarrassed-looking bloke? He went, yeah, what's his name? Dave. All right, Dave, like that. I mean, I, and I did go and chat to him afterwards. But yeah, it's weird. People, it's the only thing of all the bits of TV and stuff I've done over the years, it's the only thing I've ever been recognised for. Do you get that a lot? Like, people shouting out, like you know, f fuck off, fuck right off to you? Or are people a bit nicer than that? Because it's weird, because it's obviously, a, like, you wouldn't normally say that to someone, but in, it's sort of one of those weird ones where in the nicest possible way, it's sort of that, like, term of endearment for you. It's, it's become a term of endearment. People at the quizzes do. People, you know, tell me to fuck off, fuck right off, or they want me to do it. I recorded it as a ringtone for somebody once, which was very bizarre. 
Um, but in the street, no, people are generally polite and sort of, if I do get bumped into in the street, and it doesn't happen all the time, it maybe once a year, if people do come up. And, but I think because possibly he's quite a psychotic and angry character, they kind of think that I might be like that, you know, that, that maybe I'm a donkey on the edge myself. Whereas, in fact, uh, I'm quite a chilled guy, really. I'm quite, you know, I'm quite relaxed. But yeah, it's um, it's it's great. I mean, I, I, I love doing it, and I'm, I, you know, I can't wait really for lockdown to finish and and get back out on the road because we had a lot of gigs that we had to postpone uh, once uh, C19 hit. But, but what we've been saying is nothing's cancelled, everything's postponed. We, you know, if we were coming somewhere, we're coming here later. Yeah, because we sort of lined up to come to I think because we're Peterborough based and we lined up to come to one in Northampton. Yeah. Um. um so we'll, we'll we'll still come along to that whenever whenever that, that that sort of finally happens. But like you said, I think this sort of that sort of reaction that you get, and we'll go on to talk about the quizzes a bit more later. But like the reactions you get of those sort of things are just insane. And wh- and whether or not it's your thing. And Patterson told sort of chatted to us at the quiz as well, and he said, "Not really my sort of thing." And I know that uh, sort of we put Paul Clayton in touch with Giles to yeah. when, when when he hosted one and he was like this is definitely not my sort yeah. of thing but I suppose there's an element or is there an element I suppose where you go in and you're like oh all these people are like are here for me like here for something I'm in and I'm they're as passionate about it as as, as anyone physically can be yeah and, I, and also I feel you know there's a kind of a duty almost to kind of you know they've, they've made the effort to come out on a cold Wednesday night or a cold Thursday night in the middle of winter and and they've come to not to see me, but they've come to sort of do the peep show quiz. So I try and kind of entertain. And we all we, we sort of say to I chat to people a lot during and afterwards. And um, I, I, quite often, what comes up is I'll say to somebody, "Oh, how did you do in the quiz afterwards?" And I say, "Oh man, it was terrible. We, you know, we came, you know, we, we got scored nothing." And I say, oh, "Have you had a good time?" And they always go, "Oh, we've had the best time." It actually doesn't matter really about the the quiz. And I thought actually, Paul Paul Clayton, he was absolutely lovely. Um, did a, a, a gig um, in uh, the Amersham Arms in London, um, and like you say, he said it wasn't really his sort of thing. But again, I, he kind of took to it like a duck to water. You know, once you get out there amongst the in front of the, the, the fans, you, I don't know, they just kind of disarm you somehow, and you just end up enjoying yourself. It's you know, it's it's great fun. It, it really is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so going sort of more back onto peep show questions. Um, what was it like in sort of the filming style? I'm guessing you've not done anything sort of point of view style before. No, I mean, there is there is nothing like Peep Show, I and mean, it is unique. In, it is that POV point of view stuff. Uh, the first thing they teach you when you you know when you go to drama school and you learn about filming is don't look at the camera. And of course, you go to Peep Show and you have to look at the camera. You have to look straight down the camera all the time. And then what is often happening is that you're talking to the camera but the actor is standing behind the camera and as they speak your natural inclination is to look at the person talking and of course that ruins the shot because you've got to look at the camera uh, and that takes a little bit of getting used to I think the, one of the weirdest things was it's, it's certainly in the, especially in the first ep and in, in the second ep where we were in the flat the flat is a set uh, but it's a completely immersive set, so it has ceilings and everything. It doesn't feel like a set. Once you go through the the door, you're in the flat. You're 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 there. I'd watched it already, so there's this very surreal, out of body experience of I'm, I'm in the flat. I'm in Apollo House. I'm I'm actually I'm sitting on the sofa. You know, I'm I'm in the kitchen. You know, and it, it was very odd in that sense. 
it's it's kind of like I, mean, I guess it's you know if you were a Star Trek fan and all of a sudden you were on the bridge of the Enterprise or something, you know, and it's kind of it's a little bit mind blowing. But the the, the the guys Rob and David are so lovely and, and uh, well everybody that I've worked with was, was lovely to work with. You, you feel very relaxed very quickly. Uh, but yeah, it's a very odd experience. It's unlike any anything else, and especially with supporting actors like myself who aren't regulars. You know, when you say get cut called, it's because you've not looked at the camera. You haven't looked right down the lens when you're meant to be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a really interesting. T- well, I think in the first series they actually had cameras attached to the actors and also filmed on location uh, down in Croydon including the flat and then from after that the flat was recreated on the set and they use um, a steady cam so there's a camera uh, a cameraman operating the camera standing in front of or in place of the actor which makes the kind of um, when you watch the sex scenes and stuff like that makes them doubly interesting as you watch them back thinking okay oh, yeah, actually that's not elena that's that's martin the cameraman that's leaning in there for that kiss if that's kind of yeah, we had we had that exact chat with uh, with Rob actually, and he was just saying he's like I've never been more intimate than uh, than, I, than I was with um, with the cameraman. Um, he said it's just a really sort of bizarre, really sort of bizarre experience. Um, in terms of working with Rob specifically, uh, how did you sort of what was the sort of the stunting behind like the obviously the scene where he beats you up. Um, was that was that was he was he was he actually kicking and hitting you? Was there a stunt person involved? Did you have any training before that? Yeah, no, we had a we had a stunt coordinator, and, and weirdly, um, we were, that was because that was on location. We were at some garages somewhere over in West London, somewhere some lockups, um, and they they brought the, the stunt coordinator over and said, "Oh, this is Terry, the stunt coordinator." We looked at each other, and I went, I "Know you from somewhere?" And he went, "Yeah, I know you from somewhere." And we worked out that we'd worked on Casualty a couple of times because I used to be in Casualty. Well, I did about a dozen episodes of Casualty over the years, and he used to be the stunt coordinator for Casualty as well. So, which was quite nice that that we knew each other. But yeah, that whole sequence, believe it or not, is 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 choreographed. And the way that Peep Show films, the more people who are are in a scene, the more times you have to film it. So, for example, that starts off with just me and Rob, me and Jez, but then of course Mark turns up as well. So you have to get you have to film it from each character's point of view so you have to be very tight on the choreography of that fight scene so that they can cut that together as it's going on you know so you can't you know if he punches me in the stomach on one line on, on from his pov when you cut to somebody else's he can't be smacking me around the face it's got to be very tightly choreographed so it took quite a while to do it but no he's not really punching me it's all done with sort of uh, camera angles and um, and sort of uh, working with the stunt coordinator quite tightly uh, to make sure that nobody, uh, especially me, <laughs> gets hurt. Because I don't actually want to be kicked in the nutsack. You know, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on my to-do list that day. That's quite funny hearing you talk about a like a stunt coordinator for something like Peep Show. It's not really something I would normally really like associate. <laughs> but I suppose, it, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think because it looks so organic. I think that's one of the... the the joys of the program is it looks very organic. It kind of looks, you know, you just think, oh, they've just literally filmed that as it happened almost. But it's 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 very tightly rehearsed as well. Even even non fight scenes, you get more rehearsal time, or you got more rehearsal time on Peep Show than I've had on most uh, TV shows that I've done. Most times you get 
um, maybe a bit of time off camera to run lines with the other actors, then you might get one rehearsal off camera with the director, and then they shoot, they shoot the next one. You know, they'll say, well, we'll run that again, but we'll shoot it. Because in television, time is is always really tight. They're always up against it in television. So Peep Show is slightly different in the sense that you do get a slight slightly more rehearsal time and also because if there's more characters you get to run the scene a few more times as well and then you cut around the ship bit, hopefully <laughs> that's cool i suppose that that's not the only sort of like stunt scene you're in i suppose like how about the the bit when you quite famously like smash that door in that you've just spent the majority of the episode putting back together again um i think i remember seeing once the there was a super hands um, seeing the one where he kicks when he when he breaks that door and he apparently said you know no I'll, I'll i'll take it out like myself like i don't want like a stunt door yeah so i was just wondering whether you took a, a same the same approach yeah or... no, that, is, that is me kicking the door down the, the funny thing about that is uh just before we were about to do the scene one of the the chippies one of the on-set carpenters came up and sort of stood behind me and put his hand on my shoulder and went uh yeah, we've only actually got that one door um, so if you can do it in one take, you know, try not to damage it as you kick the door down. <laughs> okay. So actually what you see is the first take and only take that we did in it. Because um, they couldn't, I think because when Matt had done it, that some damage had been done, because it's the same door effectively. Um, some damage had been done to it, like, which they couldn't hide. Um, in terms of camera angles, so I had to kind of do it in one take, which I did because I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pressure on that one. I'm going to smash that door down. So, what was your, what do you think? Like, obviously, you said you're you're not actually in that many scenes. You're you're in those three episodes. But what was your favourite scene to to actually work on? Um, but poss- possibly the scene in, in the in the lockup, the sort of the, you know, the action scene. Um, I quite liked. I also quite liked. Um, the scene when I kind of break down in the kitchen and um, Jez and uh, Dobby come in to get the Twix. Um, you know, I know you're going through some stuff, but can we just get to the fridge because there's a Twix in there? I, can't, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I quite like that because it was nice to be able to do some emotion, you know, because I have a proper actor. Um, yeah. But interestingly, my brother can't watch that episode because he said, it's basically I'm watching my brother have a nervous breakdown. He said, and I find it too disturbing. So he's watched it once, and then couldn't watch it. Oh, wow. Which is quite flattering, frankly, that he thinks my acting is that good. Yeah, definitely. That's how I would take it. <laughs> the closest my brother's ever come to to, to uh, saying something nice about me ever. So. <laughs> it is quite funny though, because like for for a character who we're not is emotionally invested in as Mark or Jeremy or even like Sophie, um, I was about to call him Matt, Hans, like Dobby, anyone like that. There is a po- there is a point where you're seeing like a grown man like break down on the floor. You're like, oh, actually, yeah, that does tug at the heartstrings a bit. Yeah, it, it, and I don't know if that's what, what people have latched on to, the fact that there is emotion. Do you know what I mean? He, he does go on a bit of a journey, poor old Andy, doesn't he? So I don't know maybe if that's what people relate to. And let's face it, like, Mark and Jez aren't exactly the most, like, masculine figures. Like, big man Andy's, like, the most manly man there is in the show. Yeah, and then he ends up curled up in a, in a ball crying his eyes out as well. So and there's nothing wrong with that, guys, by the way. So. No, absolutely. Support for Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, 
and Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. So, why do you need Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0? Well, we've all got our own nightmare grooming stories about shaving our nether regions. Whether it's Nick's cuts and grazes or an unfortunate tale involving hair removal cream, it can seem like you're always a moment away from disaster. Not with the Lawnmower 4.0. After using it myself, it really does make a massive difference. It's quick, easy to use, and most importantly, I felt safe while using it. With the Lawnmower 4.0, Manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin trimmer, with their advanced skin-safe technology making you confident to shave your boys. So, if you're like Mark and are worried about your testicles looking abnormal, the Lawnmower 4.0 can give you the confidence to do something about it and make your balls feel like a million dollars. So go on, start shaving your testicles like it's the most natural thing in the world, and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PEEP. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Right, I think what we'll do, before we go on to talk about Dobby Club, if we just hit you with some sort of quick-fire questions, we've done it with sort of, we did it with uh, with Robert before and we've uh, sort of see, 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 not, not, it's not to test how much you know about Peep Show, it's, it's your impressions of it. Um, so, have you got a favourite episode? Uh, my favourite episode is probably Holidays. It's the whole Mummy the Dog episode because I remember that I can actually genuinely remember the first time I watched it, and there's there's the sort of general awfulness of what's going on. Then they run the dog over. I was like, oh no, they've run over the dog. Like, oh, not the dog, not the dog. And then they tried to bury the dog. And I was like, oh god, no, this is awful. But laughing at the same time. And then, <laughs> then it's the kind of oh. You know, lovely hairy turkey. They try, you know, Jeremy's trying to eat the dog, and it's that escalation of awfulness. You know, it starts at a pretty awful place, and it just gets worse and worse. And I think that's, for me, that's that's why I like Peep Show because however shit your life is, they they're always having a worse time. Something. Yeah. It's yeah. their own fault as well. That's the great thing about Peep Show. And you know what's going to happen there as well. You know full well where that episode's going, and that's what makes it funnier. Yeah, yeah. You can, you know, it's the, I mean, so I, I kind of, you kind of knew the dog was going to get run over as it was running around. You thought he's going to, is, is, oh my god, no, they have run the dog over. So uh, I think probably yeah, holiday. But I mean, there are, there are, there are so, there are so many. You know, it's one of those things that I, I do watch even now. I watch again, and my youngest, who's twenty-one, he's not that young, but he's, he's kind of massively got into Peep Show last year and started watching it and I'd often uh, come downstairs and he'd be watching an episode of Peep Show and I'd find myself just kind of I'll just sit and watch a little bit of this and end up watching a whole episode or two or three when I should have been doing something else so it's it's, it's re-watchable Peep Show isn't it it's one of those shows oh god yeah and so, since it's, it's been on Netflix it's sort of had that second like it's had a resurgence hasn't it and like you say it's so easy to just it's a slippery slate where you just say yeah i'll just i'll just have one and then before you know it you're half a series deep yeah i had two goes yesterday where i'd watched so many episodes it came up with you know the are you still watching this <laughs> <laughs> happened twice to me <laughs> i always get really insulted by that because i am fucking watching this You're judging me netflix <laughs> fuck off netflix i know i have a booth for two hours oh dear 
Cool. All right. Well, uh, quick fire number two is uh, who's your favourite character? You, you can say yourself if you if you feel like it. <laughs> now, I love Superhands. I think he's 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 just fantastic as a as a performance and just uh, I just I don't know. I, I never tire of watching that performance. I just think it's a great character as well. And you kind of I should probably know this, but you kind of think, how the fuck did these two guys get involved with him? You know, because he's he's kind of you know, I know it's the, it's the music, isn't it? It's the band, I think. I should know this shit, shouldn't I? How do they meet Superhands? It's a friend of Jeremy's, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think we really yeah. know how they meet. Like, they, they know each other from the first episode. Mark and, uh, Mark and Jez obviously know each other from uni. I think yeah. we see Superhands coming in and they're talking about the band, so we figure they go back in, in, some, in some form. Who, who else, if you could have played another character in the show, who else would you have wanted to play? Oh, God. Uh... Well, Gerard would be good because you get to lay down a lot. <laughs> That's always a bonus if you can get a part where you don't have to stand up often, you know. So maybe Gerard would have been good. But he's another <laughs> iconic one, isn't he? He's kind of one of those other characters that people love. But you become basically the only character, the only meaningful character in the show to get killed off, which isn't necessarily what you want. <laughs> well, no, yeah. But I mean, it's always good to have a death scene. Actors love a death scene, you know. Not that we see, we don't see him die, but, you know, it's always good to have a, it's one of those things actors like a death. Um, so have you got a, a favourite uh, line, like a, a favourite quote? It could be one of Andy's, or is there anything else that just sort of sticks out with you? Yeah, actually, it's, it's a response to one of my lines. It's it's in the garage uh, when Jez is, is beating me up, and I, I say, um, uh, Jez, if you don't beat me up, I'm going to drink this paint. It's really cheap and nasty paint, and Mark says in his head, I fucking knew it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the self centered thing about there's this guy getting beaten up and all he thinks about is i fucking knew that wasn't the paint i wanted it's that kind of uh, marvelous um self-centered nature of, the, of, uh, of mark's character so that's that's the one that that makes me laugh most i think yeah that's really good yeah. that sort of just sums mark up doesn't it that line <laughs> now without offending anyone did you have a do you did you have a, a sort of a favorite person to work alongside a favorite actor within peep show that you enjoyed working alongside well, like I said, I mean, they, everybody was really lovely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, saying that. But um, Izzy Sutty was very nice. We chatted between takes because I had um, uh, an episode with her, and uh, we, we have a, a, a shared interest in derelict buildings, which is a weird thing. I have this thing about I like to go into derelict buildings and look around, and it turns out so does she. I don't. She still does. I may be slandering her there, but she certainly expressed that interest then. But yeah, no. Um, Rob was lovely. He was uh, because I had most scenes really with him, uh, certainly in the second and third eps. Um, he was just really a uh, nice person to work. With, a very generous actor to work with as well. David. David's very nice, but but is um, is quite shy off off camera. Uh, and tends to sort of keep more to himself, not in an unfriendly way. He'll sit there and do a crossword and shout clues out, and you try and help, and I'm useless at crosswords. I can't do it. <laughs> so uh, I tried to help, but just made an arse of myself, really. Okay, this is uh, something that we've asked all our previous guests, and uh, you've sort of hinted at a, a possible answer already, but um, the, what's the weirdest place that you've been recognised? Was it that, that Aldi experience with um, the, the fella and his wife? Or... Yeah, pr- probably Aldi, or uh, there was one at uh, one of the quizzes where I was uh, before the quiz I'd, I'd gone to the gents and I was at the Urinal and somebody came in and, and said Big Bad Andy to the back of my head and I thought how the hell do you recognise me from that angle <laughs> wow 
So uh, yeah, but probably the, it's probably the oldie one. I did. I had a weird thing when I met up with an old college buddy. We hadn't seen each other for about ten years. We met in a pub in central London, and we were just finishing at the pub and going somewhere else. And I was at the bar paying the paying for the food. We had some sort of paying for food, and a bloke came up to me and said, oh, "Excuse me, mate, are you Big Man Andy?" And it was like the best. Thing, you know, he was this college friend I hadn't seen for twenty years, and all of a sudden I'm like this famous actor, and it was like. Honestly, I didn't pay him to do that. <laughs> but yeah, probably the Aldi one, because it was quite surreal. And kind of, You've ruined my shopping experience. It was the opening line, which is a great line. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's switch focus a little bit and talk about your involvement with uh, with Dobby Club. And you say that you've been uh, involved with them for two years, is it roughly? Yeah, we started in, what year is it, 2020? So 20, January 2018, well, Giles got in touch with me, I think it was over Christmas 2017. He got in touch with me and sort of put positive this idea of coming up and doing one quiz, a quiz was the, was the premise. And it just it just ballooned really from there. We were doing um, we did two in Manchester quite quickly off the bat, and then there was a slight um, hiatus, and then it just kind of keeps going. And every time we think, oh maybe, you know, maybe we've kind of hit the peak and it won't we won't do any more. We get invites from somewhere else. Um, uh, so now, you know, we've been to most major cities in in the UK. You know, we've been to Edinburgh, Glasgow, we've been to Cardiff, uh, Nottingham, Leeds, Manchester, Peterborough. I think have we been to Peterborough? Well, you haven't. We were just uh, like yeah, to ask that. Yeah. It's all right. list, guys. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. You said you said all the big cities, Liam, and you've not been to Peterborough, so uh, yeah, got one one left. I promise we are coming to Peterborough. Uh, so yeah, it's just it, like I say, it just seems to keep going. We keep thinking, oh, maybe the we'll we'll hit the peak and then nobody will be interested anymore. But that doesn't seem to seem to be happening. You know, it just seems unending, but not in a bad way because I'm really lo- loving it. Yeah, that's something actually that that Giles said when we were talking to him and Doug. Um, and he was saying how they were the, the winners of the quiz that we went to, and Charles was chatting to them, and he said they they got a near perfect score, and they were saying, oh yeah, we've been coming to the like we've been coming to loads of these, so there's clearly that you know that real that people just want to keep engaging with it. It's not it isn't that thing that you do it once and you know it, it goes stale. You, you're keeping it fresh for everyone, which is which is really cool. And and, and, and sort of. Uh... Kudos to Giles, really, because he writes all of the questions, or he and Doug write all the questions. Um, and, you know, for a little while, we were able to use the same quiz effectively because we were going to different cities and they were so far apart that there weren't really that many repeats. But um, there came a point, probably about six months in, when we realised, actually, we need different versions of this quiz because we do a thing. Has anyone been to our quizzes before? Yeah! You go, right, well, they're going to win. <laughs> so now I think there's about half a dozen different um versions now and of course Giles is working tirelessly to produce a weekly quiz online so he's having to come up with even more questions uh, but I think by the time we get back on the road um, we'll have uh, all new stuff and plus we do sort of fun things with bonus rounds we do an impressions round we do sort of arts rounds so we're sort of constantly trying to come up with new ways to keep as you say keep it fresh and kind of keep it a kind of entertaining format for people not just a quiz really and i think with the online quizzes that you're doing at the moment they they're working a lot better in the sense of like technical technical hiccups aside they're sort of working a lot better because they're so you're, you're managing to get out to a much wider audience 
And a lot of them haven't seen any of these questions before. I said to Tom, I answered a couple of questions in the one I did where I said, well, I've definitely done. I, I definitely did that one at the, at the, at the, at the pride quiz proud. sorry, not pride, but like you've, you've got such like growth potential in the sense of, um, peep show has got such a, a global, uh, fan base. Like we sort of checked out our stats from our, um, from the podcast and we've got listeners in Australia, we've got listeners in America, there are listeners in, in, in Asia, in Africa, like that, like peep shows love. And you think the, the, the sort of the nerdiness of these fans is incredible. Yeah. And in fact, we're, it, it is, we, we're actually doing, um, um, we're doing a, on Wednesday morning. Um, this will have happened by the time this goes out, this will have happened. We're doing a Southern hemisphere one. Um, Cause we were getting people on the online one saying, you know, it's five o'clock in the morning here. We, you know, we can't think, can you do one for us at a decent time? So we're doing a sort of Southern Hemisphere one. And we've actually had, we had an inquiry to go to Australia to do some quizzes, which Giles did have a look at. But I think in terms of of cost, it just wouldn't be cost effective, even though it's just the two of us to fly us all the way there um, to do. Even if we went over and sort of did a month out there, I don't think it would be cost effective really, um, because, you know, we can't charge too much for people to come to a quiz night effectively a pub quiz so uh, we probably won't be going physically to australia but we are going virtually this week so who, who knows where that will lead maybe there'll be more more online presence from the dobby club and the, and the peep show quiz in the future you know for, for other other markets apparently canada are quite keen on it as well so uh, yeah that's unbelievable like to go all the way to australia to have that demand for it and i think like rob was saying that's something that we have noticed is that it is actually really particularly Australia is one that really stands out in terms of our like statistics. We've got quite a strong like set of fans from Australia who really do love that show. So that would be really cool if one day that you, you could get yourselves over there. I bet they would just lap it up. I, I would I would love it. I mean, I'm not saying no, we're not coming. I'm I'm just not sure in terms of the logistics and the costs whether it would be uh, a good thing for us to do. But yeah, hey, listen, if somebody in Australia wants to pay for us to come out and do quizzes, yeah, we'll come. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Never say never. Cool. Um, one thing as well that just uh, like a couple of questions ago, it made me think about you talking about you know what how it is the these events are more than just a, a quiz, and when we the quiz that we came to that, you know, all these other um, little side activities that they had going on, like, um, like getting the audience participation in their like impression competitions and all these other little mini games and things. Um, and it just got me thinking like how, since you started, like how has it evolved? Because it is, it is much more than a, a simple quiz. Uh, yeah, no, it has, it has evolved and it continues to evolve. But the first, the first ones we did, I'll be perfectly honest, the first one we did in Manchester at Band on the Wall was fairly shambolic. Um, uh, and I think it ran for hours. It was far too long. Uh, and we, in, the, in the early days, what we did was we collected in the answer sheets and then we tried to mark all of the answer sheets and go through the answers. What we do now is we get people to swap their answer sheet nearby table. I go through the answers. Then we collect them in and, and announce the winners. So, but that one was literally just a quiz. It was just, I don't know, five or six rounds of questions, no whistles or bells, no, no sort of added stuff. And as we've gone on, we've kind of added, I say we, all these ideas really come from Giles, largely. Uh, we've added in little bonus rounds and, and um, opportunities to win, well, merch that Dobby Club produced, but also things like um, 
some Ribenas, some Twirls and a packet of McCoys. That always goes down well as we kind of we announce the prizes or we do the we do the, um, the car crash of a shopping basket. You can win that as well. So, yeah, we're always looking for sort of new things that we can do. And like you say, audience participation, it's always great if we can get people to come up on stage. We've done um, Rainbow Rhythms Dance Off as well, which was great. Which is great fun, but yeah, it's it's an evolving beast, really. As the, the, the longer we go on doing it, the more the more kind of ideas and the more weirdness we kind of come up with, really. Yeah, absolutely. And so, obviously, because we're we're all in lockdown at the moment due to this uh, coronavirus outbreak, and you've made that transition to online quizzes. I was just wondering, you know, do you see a future in some online stuff running alongside the traditional quiz once this is all over, or do you think you'll go back to you know what what you've what you know and what you can sort of rely on a bit more rather than the technical hiccups that can quite easily go wrong as rob and i know definitely from just re- recording a phone call is can be bloody hard sometimes i know yeah i mean for sure i think we will do we will do we will maintain a kind of online presence i think like i say you know the, the idea of being able to do the quiz halfway around the world which we couldn't physically do perhaps uh, but we both of us, we were talking the other day, Giles and I, we're both itching to get back on the road and get into that kind of um, face-to-face experience. Uh, and just, again, to be honest, just to be able to go to a pub again would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> Who thought we'd miss the pub this much? But yeah, no, I think that, that we may sort of piggyback the sort of online experience as well, because that's, and I think, you know, uh, this is the curse of death I'm putting on it now. I think we're getting better at it as we go along, you know, we kind of, we're learning how it works and we're learning what not to do as much as what to do. And, um, and I'm sure you found the same, you know, sort of producing a podcast, you, you know, you, you've kind of probably learned over the years what works and what doesn't work. And kind of, um, the, the problem is we're learning in front of a live audience. That's, that's the problem that we've got. That we, you know, we don't get to rehearse the live quiz that we're doing online. So if we fuck up, 800 people see us fuck up and then the feed lights up. <laughs> you know we get all the abuse coming up uh but it's usually quite you know it's it's light-hearted it's not terrible yeah absolutely uh, yeah it'd be interesting if you can find that sort of balance between like online and you know the the live in-person stuff because i think that i mean the, the reason that rob and i were you know really wanted to come down was for that interaction with other like-minded people and to, to see yourself up on stage you know and you, you do a really good job of that of you know getting around and sort of working the room which I think is you know just as important as, as doing the questions and everything um because you, you can go you know getting a quiz on peep show I know there's things on like apps like quiz apps you can do peep show ones but I think one of the main draws is you know what you guys do with it and experience and like you say with the, the fun like quirky prizes of like the, the Ribena the, the Twirl and the Packet of McCoys and stuff like that it's, I've never wanted to win a bloody tur- a Twirl like more in my life <laughs> I know that gets a bigger cheer than me <laughs> and I think also you know there's an atmosphere Giles you know Giles is a professional DJ as well and he DJs he does a kind of DJ set throughout the quiz using you know music that's either been featured in the show or you know or you can link to the show so there's a real atmosphere to the to the live gigs that you know is, is more than just a pub quiz. You know we've tried to kind of elevate. And I know there are other um, there are other sort of um, TV themed uh, quizzes that are going around. I know that um, Ewan does one from the office. Uh, Big Keith Ewan uh, goes around and does one, but his energy is very different. We did we did a joint um, office peep show quiz in London last year with Ewan. Um, and his energy is so different from mine. It was, 
it was quite a, a weird evening because I'm, you know, like you say, I kind of work the room and I'm very high energy and I'm kind of bouncing off the walls and stuff. And he's the complete opposite of that. He's kind of very much kind of, you know, he's he sits down. <laughs> it, it made for an interesting evening. So, um, yeah, I, you know, looking forward to getting back on the road. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen in terms of the technology as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we can't wait for for you guys to get back out on the road. Um, definitely to Peterborough. Yeah. Definitely keep that on on your list. Writing it down. <laughs> Brilliant. Want that in the next Dobby Club uh, team meeting? Yeah. Priority number one. Um, yeah. So, like I say, can't, can't wait for you guys to get back out on the road. We will definitely be there for uh, for that Northampton one that we we were um, already going to be coming to. Um, is there anything in particular you want to shout out with the the online stuff? Like when um, you know what sorts of things that you've got coming up um this won't go live straight away but anything in the next like you know week or so that you've got cooking up yeah so what, what we're doing with the online ones is and I, I guess this will go out after next saturday's one which will be series four i believe we've done three yeah so what we're doing each week is we're doing a different series we're working our way through uh so we've done series one series two we did series three on saturday we've got series four coming up and then obviously we'll, we'll carry on through to series nine Hopefully, by the time we get to Series 9, we may be out of lockdown because that will be, obviously, in two months' time. Two months time. Please, please, we're out of it by then. But, you know, who, who knows? If we're not, I guess we'll, we'll work out another format uh, and carry on, and carry on with, the, with the online presence because uh, people seem to be appreciating it. We're getting a lot of really great feedback on that. Um, but as soon as we are allowed to be back on the road, yeah, we're going to be back on the road touring around. And I will never complain about long train journeys again. I promise. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's brilliant. Uh, all right. Well, we will uh, we will wrap things up there at least for the for the recording. Um, so we just want to thank you very much for for taking the time. We've uh, well, blind. We've taken up nearly an hour of your time already. Um, so really appreciate you you coming on and having a chat with us. All things Peep Show and uh, and and Dobby Club. No worries. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. And. Uh... Yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you when we're back on the road. Definitely, come and say hello. Brilliant. Yeah. So everyone who's listening, do go check out Dobby Club. Go look them up on all the social stuff. Um, get yourself onto their online quizzes. Um, as uh, as Liam's just said, they're going through all the different series. But um, when they're back on the road, definitely go and get yourself a ticket. It's a really fun evening. Um, if you haven't already, Rob and I uh, did a little review like sort of summary of our experience at, at that what the quiz that we went to um so if you want to get a, a bit more of a vibe of, of what it's like um then do go check that out um but yeah absolutely uh, anything to add rob no just a massive thank you again liam i knew so many times during this i've nearly called you andy like it's just like <laughs> the, the only character from the show who i would refer to by your character name instead of your real name so i answer to both at this stage <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> But yeah, massive thank you. No worries, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Cool. All right. Thank you. Right. There we go, then. That was uh, about an hour with Liam Noble um, chatting all things all, all things Peep Show. What did you make of it, Rob? Yeah, again, like I said before we before we started talking to him, absolute gent that we already knew. Um, and it's always good to find out those little secrets. We found each each time we've spoken to one of the cast, we found out something extra um and some of the little sort of tips and tricks that uh, Liam Noble talked about were, were fantastic yeah absolutely and I always think it's funny he, he touched on it as well this assumption that people come up to him and I wonder whether he's 
mad like Andy, um, but uh, it's safe to say that he's uh, an absolute gen, absolute pleasure to talk to. Um, and yeah, really good to get those insights. Um, and as well, especially when you know we spoke to the guys at Dobby Club last uh, last episode, um, so it's really good to have Liam on at this time as well. So they sort of link together quite nicely. Um, so if you haven't already, if, you, um, if you're not familiar with Dobby Club, um, do go check them out. They're all over social um, and do check out their online quizzes as well. They've had to make that transition. Um, but definitely, definitely go and uh, get a ticket to their events uh, when they're back up and running because they are really, really good fun, as we did mention um, on the podcast. Um, yeah, so hopefully um, we can get Liam on again because, um, like Rob said, we, we've been chatting to him sort of on and off for, for quite a while now before he, he's come on. Um, and uh, I think we had sort of... Um, half agreed that he, he would come on again and, and thankfully he's still up for that so um if there's anything that you guys want us to to talk to uh, with liam then do let us know um and we can we can sort something out with him yeah for sure and um he's just such a massive fan like i remember we first talked to him um and he was coming on like thinking about coming on and talking about um the like the american version of peep show or um I can't remember what the other topics were, but he had a whole range of things. He's like, oh, yeah, I come on and talk about that. I come on and talk about that. He's just a really sound bloke, like absolute, absolute gent. Um, and uh, always good to to shoot the shit, as we put it, like with, with somebody who's as passionate about Peep Show as we seem to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and he's really embraced that sort of, uh, that community aspect with his work with, with Dobby Club, which is really fun. And, and when we went to the quiz... Um, like the way he works the room is really fun. Like he's sort of dipping in and out of character. And I think, yeah, I think we, he sort of alluded to in the interview about Patterson Joseph and how he was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not Johnson. Like I, I, I'm not used to this sort of stuff. Liam has just completely embraced. He's like, this is the role I'm known for. Like his Twitter handle is at big mad Andy. Like he is, yeah. he is big mad Andy. And I said to him several times, I have to keep remembering to call you Liam and not call you Andy because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just sort of slips off the tongue. Um, but yeah, absolute gent, absolute gent to talk to. Um, like I said, check him out on uh, on Twitter at Big Mad Andy um, and make sure you get down to the Dolby Club quizzes. Um, this might be a good time to sort of, if we shout out our social channels, I think most people, if you're listening to this, are probably sort of follow us on, on something. But on Facebook, you can find us by searching for Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs. On Instagram, we are at Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs. On Twitter, we are Podcast Pharaohs. Twitter limiting us with their with their characters for our name there. Um, and am I missing any social media, Tom? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, if you if you follow us and subscribe, um, whatever uh, podcast app you're you're listening to right now, make, it will make sure that you get all of these episodes as soon as they're available. Um, and we've had a, a nice little influx of reviews. So if you've been liking these, you know, guest appearances, we're trying to, you know, do what we can while we're in lockdown um, before we head into series five. And I think it's it's been really nice, actually, to have all these guests. Um, so obviously, um, Liam today, the, the guys at Dobby Club, uh, last episode. And then, of course, and if you for some some reason haven't listened to it already, the, the Robert Webb episode um but so if you're liking what you're hearing at the moment um please do um leave us a, a review we really really appreciate the um, the little influx we've had i had a lot of fun uh, reading some of those lately um so yeah do do check that out 
and head on over to our uh, uh, Patreon as well. It's essentially a tipping platform. You can sort of give back a bit to the podcast, um, signs you up for some sort of exclusive information. There's various tiers you can sort of sign up for. Um, but if you head on to uh, patreon.com forward slash podcast pharaohs, um, and that will explain in slightly more detail. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that sort of uh, wraps things up, doesn't it? Um, I think th- things that are coming up, we've got a few other guests. Um, Rob, social media whiz as he is, is in discussions with a few other people that hopefully we're going to uh, tie down to a firm date. Um, but we will keep you updated um, when those are a bit more official. Um, and then I think something else that we were looking at doing, we, we did message out a little while ago, um, is doing, you know, getting you guys involved a bit more um especially while we're all in lockdown um and thinking about maybe doing some sort of like phone in style thing um so we had a a surprising amount of people you know reach out and come forward saying they want to get involved um so if you are interested um we'll have to find a way of trying to fit as many of you in as we can but realistically um so i think maybe doing little five minute slots or something so if you've got something in particular that you, you want to talk to us about or, or just ask any questions um to us if, if that is a thing i don't know um then yeah hopefully we can we can set that up in in the coming weeks as well and hopefully by the time you're listening to this we'll have sort of been in contact with a few people because we like tom said we did have an influx of um people wanting to get involved um so we'll try and get back to all of you guys who were the initial people first um and then if there's a if there's a sort of a show you want us to do like we're, we're sort of hammering through a lot of guests at the moment and obviously at some point the guests are gonna <laughs> are gonna dry up um because we'll run out of people to speak to uh depending on how long the lockdown sort of goes on for um but if there's any other sort of style of episode you want us to do anything you want us to talk about that might not be necessarily a guest it might not necessarily be we're not going to move straight on to series five um, if there's anything else you want us to discuss, then give us a shout. Um, and even if it's like a, a Q&A type thing where fans come in with questions to us and we just answer, like sort of answer them. Um, I don't know what people sort of fancy. Um, but yeah, hit us up on social media. Um, I've got bugger all else to do at the moment apart from respond to, <laughs> to direct messages and tweets. Um, so yeah, yeah, hit us up. Yeah, now's sort of the perfect time, really, to, to experiment with something like that, definitely. Um, we should also um, shout out the Rob, you've got your new microphone, haven't you? So, well, we've, we've done a Skype call, but um, hopefully this is something that um, we looked into while we are in lockdown. Um, normally we share the microphone, this is the one that I'm using, um, but you've gone and got yourself your own little bit of kit, haven't you? I have, and hopefully it sounds slightly less tinny. Like, I think people forgave us for the... Uh... The Robert Webb interview that it was slightly metallic because <laughs> uh, it was bloody Robert Webb. But um, I've yeah tried to upgrade my my kit slightly. I've moved from just recording using my phone to start now recording using the microphone. And ultimately, like if lockdown ends up lasting months, we want to keep giving you guys content. We don't want to want to sort of dry up um, if we're not able to see if Tom and I aren't able to see each other for another few months, we want to still be able to get content out to you and content that's high quality. We want, we want you guys to carry on listening to stuff that 
is not breaking your ears like our first series was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that that's all credit to, to you guys for listening and supporting, particularly like, you know, the patrons and things. It makes this stuff like that um, easier to do. Um, so thank you guys. Um, and yeah, the, who knows how long this lockdown is going to go on for. But um, yeah, we're going to try and, you know, keep keep the ship sailing as smoothly as possible um, and if we do need to do series five um sort of remotely then hopefully it's not going to cause um too much of a problem so we'll see how we go at the moment we've got you know a nice um steady run of guests and other little ideas that we've got going um but uh if it does come to it we will we will i think press on with series five um but i think we're just going to sort of play it by ear at the moment aren't we yeah, and just to very quickly go back to the patrons, we have since we last recorded picked up two new patrons. So we'll give those a give well, those hey. a quick shout out. We have got Andrew Mason, and we have got the man himself, whose dulcet tones you listened to last week, uh, Mister Doug Simpson hey. of, uh, of Dobby Club. So shout out to both of those guys. Um, we'll be in touch with you for your for your benefits. Absolutely, um, yeah. Thanks. Very yeah, much, big, guys. big, big, really big up that. to. Big up to people uh, donating and, and sponsoring. It's uh, it's nice to see people appreciating what we do um, and putting your hands in your pockets during this sort of tough time where people, a lot of people aren't working. Is sort of quite humbling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks very much. And like I say, it's that you know we can make extra things happen because of it. So thank you very much. Cool. All right. Well, should we wrap up there then? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right, well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.